0: Well, another week almost over. Can you believe it? Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. And it's really your program. Uh, you know, Chuck Neff, my predecessor here, he would always refer to this as the world's largest faith-sharing group. And that really is true. You know, every day we talk with a priest here, but we also talk with you. You call in with your experiences or maybe your questions. And I, I love this hour. I love the fact that we get to share together and... And hopefully encourage each other on each of our own individual spiritual journeys. But we're not individual, right? We all are in this together. And so it's nice to know we're not alone out there. And today as we begin the program, uh, reality TV. Do you ever watch much of that? If so, do you have like a favorite show or uh, a genre of shows that you go for in reality television? I really never got into it. It never appealed to me. My wife... Every once in a while, I'll see her watching some sort of episode, Uh, but the only two times that I can remember, two occasions that I remember ever watching anything more than a few minutes here, a couple minutes there, of reality television, I will admit that I watched almost all of the second season of American Idol. That was somewhere back in the early 2000s, and so I did watch that, Uh, and then... A number of years ago, when our entire family, uh, my wife, myself, all of our kids, we all got hit with a flu bug within the span of about three, four days. And so in those middle couple of days where everybody's just feeling lethargic and miserable, running fevers, doesn't want to do anything, we ended up, for some reason, we we binge-watched one uh, season of The great, Great British Baking Show. So those are my only two real big forays into reality television. But I'm familiar with many of the shows and their concepts. You probably are too. Most of them, again, they just don't appeal to me. But I'll see my wife watching something every now and then. I'll sit down. I might watch five minutes of it here, a couple minutes of it there, see what it's about. And one show that she likes to watch every once in a while is Undercover Boss. And this is a show where a CEO works at an entry level employee uh, as an entry level employee and gets trained in the basics of some of the daily work and along with that then they're able to interact with a few of their employees his or her staff that the those people would never be able to meet the CEO otherwise and the few portions of episodes i've seen have that ceo the boss A lot of times they're struggling to learn the basics of some of those lower-level jobs, trying to keep pace with their trainer and the other employees who have the skills and the routine down pat. And they're obviously out of place in most cases. Sometimes they'll catch on and they're able to do the work efficiently, but a lot of times they're not. But regardless, most of the time there's always kind of this... this sense from the workers, eh, they don't necessarily fit in with the work and the atmosphere. And I've seen some other undercover videos like that that have gone viral in the past. There's one with a famous soccer player, I remember, and they put him in makeup to make him look like he's much older, maybe in his 60s or his 70s. And then he goes out and he plays in a street game where he ends up just absolutely shocking, stunning, the teens or the twenty-somethings that are playing soccer. He shows up and this old man starts having uh, (laughs) better ball handling skills and speed and it just, it astounds them. They've also done this with musicians, famous singers. I've seen videos with Adele, with Bon Jovi, Uh, they'll get in some sort of disguise and people won't realize that this is some famous singer that's right there. But maybe my favorite one is one where Jewel, the singer-songwriter, she goes undercover and she's put in this makeup. This was maybe 10 or 15 years ago that they did this, that I saw it. She's put in this makeup that disguises her face and they send her into a bar posing as a woman named Karen. And along with her, there are a few actors posing as her coworkers, and all of them supposedly, they're unwinding because they've been at a conference for a few days, they've been in meetings, and so they're all at this bar for a night out to sing karaoke. And as with most karaoke experiences, everyone just, you know, they sound okay, just kind of so-so, uh, until the people around her are trying to coax her, and they keep on chanting her name, trying to get her up there, Karen, this Karen character, to sing a song. And so there is Jewel. She finally goes up, and she starts singing, and she's singing one of her songs in this disguise. And as soon as she gets into the song, everyone is blown away. Their reactions, they all have one thing in common. They say she doesn't fit in with the rest of the karaoke crowd. She looks like one of them, but as soon as she sings, they hear her voice. They know there's something different about her. It is the first time... That there's ever been an encore here. That was pretty pretty
2: off off the charts there. Had to be in the Gaslight Hall of Fame.
0: Every person was like, wow, that girl's really good. She shouldn't be here. And those are real responses of the people just right outside in the parking lot listening to her. And that last gal, you know, she's really good. She shouldn't be here. They all knew that something separated her, Jewel, from the rest of the crowd in that bar. They didn't know exactly what it was. They didn't recognize her, but there was something that didn't quite fit. And you know, that's, it's similar to how we're supposed to be as Christians, as Catholics. We're supposed to be here in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. When people come into contact with us, they should have a sense that there's something quite different about us, something that makes us stand out, even if they can't really put their finger on what it is. And that's what we're going to talk about today on The Inner Life, how we can do exactly that. We can be in the world, but not of the world. And joining us as our spiritual director back once again with us, Father Sam Martin, one of the regular voices you hear on this program. He's a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. He's the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, Father Martin, so glad to have you back here with us today on The Inner Life.
2: That was a fantastic setup, Josh. I, uh, I mean, I can't get the karaoke uh, image out of my mind. I suppose all of us have thought we would be, you know, received that way where people would say, gosh, you're really good, but it never really happens. But uh, even so, that's um, a great image and uh, that highlights a theme that obviously we want to uh, consider meditate upon
0: today. Well, and so when we do have this concept of being in the world or not of the world. When we follow Jesus, you know, as I was thinking about it this morning, Father, we hopefully this is the case, that we long for heaven. We long to be fully united with Christ. But we have to still continue to be here in this world. And when we're here, it's easy to find ourselves getting comfortable. But we don't want to let ourselves get too comfortable, you know? Uh, But on the other hand, We're called to tell others about salvation, the salvation available through Christ, through the church. So we can't go off somewhere. We can't just seclude ourselves so that we avoid having any contact. We don't have to interact with anyone ever again. Uh, So knowing this, knowing that we we have to be in the world— but we don't want to get too attached. We don't want to get too comfortable here on earth. what What's maybe the the most important thing that jumps out to you as we start talking about this?
2: Well, there are a lot of different uh, variations on that theme. There's a local bishop that tells his priest, you know that you hold everything with a light touch because uh, you know, here we have no lasting city. and and so even the things uh, that we own, we are just stewards of them, no matter what it is, if it's uh, material wealth or even our, our gifts, our talents, the abilities that God gives us so that we can serve with generosity and, and inspire others by, these gifts aren't for us, but they're meant to be put at the service of God's children. And uh, whatever the things are, uh, and even our relationships with a light touch that, um, you know, every Ash Wednesday, we're reminded in, in a very tangible way that you are dust, to dust you shall return. And I, uh, there's a story that now Cardinal Dolan, but when he was a rector of the seminary when I was studying Years ago, he talked about um, doing his graduate studies. He grew up in St. Louis, but he, he studied out in Washington, D.C., and he stayed at a place in Zanesville, Ohio with these Dominicans. And uh, yeah, I got to know him over the years. They gave him a, a place to stay and a warm meal. And after dinner, especially one old priest, he just found this guy to be um, you know just remarkable in his frugality. And he, he was telling the priest, Father, I, I admire your life. I mean, look, at you just have a room with a desk and a few books. And I mean, you just live so simply. And the old priest looked at uh, Monsignor Dolan and said, well, "What about you? All you have is a suitcase." And he said, "Yeah, yeah, but I'm just passing through." And the old priest said, "Aren't we all?" And I think there's that perspective. I think that we recognize that that we're finite creatures here. We have an immortal soul, and that uh, is worth living and and dying for. That that at least that's what Jesus thought. So he came and gave his life to purchase our souls, to redeem us, and to offer us a place in a kingdom that's not of this world, but he's a king and, uh, he's conquered this world by his cross, his death and resurrection. So a lot of different ways to, I I think there are things that are a blessing in disguise. If if someone gets sick and it's a terminal, uh, disease, you start to think about, you know, what do I want out of this life? You know, because I'm not going to be here. And I recognize now that, um, many of us don't wake up to that reality until we get older. Uh, maybe we do have a health scare, maybe a friend or a family member does and, and that can, you know, kind of waken our soul to the reality that um, we want to prepare for whatever's on the other side because it's coming uh, sooner or later and uh, that, but for the meantime, we stay uh, as distracted as we're able because <laughs> these are hard uh, questions, they're not easy and uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. So we, we don't know uh, much about the other side. And uh, no one really comes back to tell us. I mean, the Blessed Mother has told us many things. And, of course, God has revealed many things, but um, we don't always uh, trust Him. And so we want proof. And finally, um, God's not so much in the proof as uh, He wants friendship. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, part of friendship is trust. And uh, so whatever it is that shakes us a little bit, I always think that's a good thing. Uh, You know, my dad passed away recently. And after the funeral, one of my nephews was a good kid. uh, And he said... Uncle Sam, I think God does a lot at funerals. I think he does a lot of good. And that's a very fine observation because at funerals, we're, we're wrestling with, you know, something that is universal. We're all going to go through this, the Passover of the Lord. And he is going to help us to make that, that great uh, journey across the water into eternity. So uh, my nephew was right to say that God does a lot in those kind of situations. And we're hoping that, yeah, we don't have to run from the world but uh, we're not going to stay here. This isn't home. We're right. all a bit homesick, and uh, we can live in the world, not be of it. And uh, that spirit of worldliness, we can avoid that with God's
0: help. And that's a source of joy and peace, actually. So, you know, th- there are times like that where you have some sort of encounter or maybe a moment. I mean, probably the biggest one I can think of in our lifetime was September 11th, because right after that, right as soon as that happened, there was this fear and this uncertainty of what might transpire in the coming days and weeks and months and such a vicious attack that happened on U.S. soil here. Uh, But you also talked about we a lot of times won't have that eternal kind of perspective, you know, that we are finite that we are, as you said, just passing through here on this earth. And we won't get that until we're older. And I even remember an uncle of mine. I I was probably 18 or 19 years old at the time. And I don't remember what I said. I made some sort of comment. And my uncle said, oh, yeah, you're still at that age where you just feel like you're going to live forever. You're not aware of your own mortality yet. And somewhere in, I I don't know, maybe my late 20s, I all of a sudden, okay, I really do understand what he's talking about. You know, when your body starts hurting for things that it never would have used to have bothered you, you know, now I'll I'll go out with my kids uh, if we go to the beach and we'll throw a Frisbee around, and the next day I wake up and my shoulder aches, and I say, what in the world is going on here? You know, that throwing a Frisbee for a half hour, my shoulder is sore the next day. Um, those moments, they do help put the long-term in perspective. But when we don't have those moments that occur to us, Father, how? what would you recommend when we're not— fully aware of our mortality, when we don't have that just passing through mindset, how can we keep that forefront in our minds? It looks like we just lost Father, so we're going to try and connect with him again. And while we do that, let me invite you into the conversation here as we're talking about how we are in the world, but not of the world. And our studio line is 888-914-9149. How do you, how do you live that out in your own life? How do you live that show your faith in your community when you're around others? Can they tell that there's something different about you? Do you find it hard to speak up for your faith? Sounds like we're still having some connectivity issues there with Father Sam Martin. So we'll work on that. Again, let me invite you into the conversation. Is there a time that you have seen that play out in your life? And what impact has that had as you see others? Uh, Has it impacted them? as you stand up and witness for Christ in the Church. Again, our studio line, 888 914 914 9149 And also want to mention to you, uh, I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks here, but... This is the final day to sign up for a nativity set that we are giving away. Actually, we're giving away 200 of them. You can be one of 200 lucky winners, lucky listeners, uh, to win this outdoor nativity set. And we're giving it away now so that we can send it to you before Advent begins. You can have it up outside your home during the entire season of Advent, during Christmas, and today is that last day to register for it. We're not going to take any more registrations after the end of today, so please go online to relevantradio.com. You can register there or on the Relevant Radio app. Uh, It's something that I think is so important that we have those nativity sets that proclaim Merry Christmas. You know, it's a season of Christmas. It's not just another holiday. This is Christ coming into the world, the incarnation that happens. And we have him here with us, and we want to tell others about it. It's the same sort of thing we're talking about here on the show. How can you be in the world but not of the world? And we want to give that witness to our faith. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149, 9149 And we'll continue our conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forrester.
1: Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's one 914 9149 This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Sam Martin, a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, today talking about how we can be in the world but not of the world. How we don't let the world bring us down, drag us down. And how have you lived this out in your own life? What has helped you to not be overly attached to the things of the world? And a lot of times we think of possessions in that way. Could it also be a relationship? Maybe somebody in your family that you're overly attached to. And how have you been able to let go of those things in your life? So that you can draw closer to Christ. And how have you seen that have an impact on those around you? Not to where you know, you're you rude or <laughs> you're, you're mean to anybody or you shun anyone, but you just keep everything and everyone in their proper place in relation to how you uh, are in relationship with God. Uh, we'd love to hear how you've lived that out in your own life. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, uh, glad to have you back here with us. Before the break, we were talking about, you had mentioned, sometimes we don't find out or we don't have that kind of realization, that epiphany where we, we understand we're just passing through this world until we get a little older. Some some things can trigger that when we're younger, but when we are young or when things are going good, when things are easy or comfortable, how do we keep our eyes and our minds focused on the fact that we are just passing through, that we, we don't get too caught up in what we're doing here and now and the things and the people that we have around us in this world?
2: Well, easier said than done. I, I just think we you look back retrospectively and you realize so many things that we were told and taught but we didn't have the perspective yet and then you go through something so god is a very uh... uh, obviously the most efficacious teacher there ever was jesus you know he he's always sowing seeds he's teaching these parables because until you live through certain things you just don't understand that that he's talking about me that's relevant to me that's my life and those are my struggles and so i think is you know, when we're around children, we're, we're trying to teach them certain things that they don't understand yet. They're going to have to live a little while and uh, then recognize the wisdom of their forebears. And about the time we figure it all out, we're done. And we come to the end of our course and we say, oh, my gosh, and now I see. Uh, and that's where Jesus, he chides the the teachers. Uh, like Nicodemus said, you're a teacher, and, and you don't see, you don't understand it uh, unless you are born again, and, and Nicodemus is wrestling with this. So even those that are wise sometimes uh, in the ways of the world uh, are not wise in the ways of God. And so there's a, they used to say the door to heaven is a low door. And so that's a, a door of humility, of recognizing that we don't know. Like Jesus, when he chides them, they, they say that they see, and he said, if you said you were blind, it would be fine because that's true, but you claim that you see, and that's where you err. That's where you're culpable because you say... Uh, you, you're claiming something that's not true. So, uh, for us, uh, how do we, um, uh, you know, impart these lessons? First, by learning them and living them ourselves. I mean, if the faith is passed on, they used to say it's more caught than taught. So it's uh, it's by example. And I think what draws people to Christians is when they're just living their vocation in the world. And you know, this weekend, it's the meditation of the scriptures is on the mystery of suffering and a God who. not just to become one of us but embrace his own suffering and he says if you want to follow me it's not going to make your life easier or comfortable it's going to make it holy and uh, you know it's going to bring light into a world of darkness but I don't promise you uh, you know uh, the path of least resistance so that's something that we can then as Christians embrace and live and our suffering doesn't make us sad or we pout or we complain But it makes us kind, it makes us compassionate, it makes us empathetic that we're more sensitive about other people around us that might have suffering too. Now that can only be born with a deep friendship in in the Lord because otherwise suffering, it isolates us, it makes us, uh, we can't see anybody else, we're so obsessed with trying to fix our own problems or, uh, you know, sad that why me and and these sorts of things. But with a relationship with Jesus, we can start to become like him who was always able to intuit when people were hurting. The woman at the well is a prime example that he knows she has a broken heart. And it says that he's worn out, he's tired, he's thirsty. But he's not so thirsty that he's blinded to her thirst, which is much deeper. And he knows that he can satisfy that. So um, these are things that, as we grow in our faith, which is a relationship that has a beginning and no end, uh, we're just going to naturally do these things. Uh, But if we don't have that, You can't fake it. It's not that, well, I read some books and then I go out and give my witness. We have to live the life. I mean, we have to practice what we preach, and that means you know, love of God. So a lot of our struggles we don't receive, so we don't know how to give. Or we give, and it builds ourselves up because of our relentless ego. So Mary, the mother of God, is a beautiful role model. She knows how to receive, and then she can give in a way that points to her son, not to herself, but always to Jesus. And we can imitate Mary in that. Receive, receive, receive. And that's Mass and the sacraments and, and prayer. And then we can give. But we get all excited about the giving, and, <laughs> and that uh, we invert the order, and that makes a mess. Which keeps guys like me employed, Josh, and that's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, one of my qu- quotes that I always quote from C.S. Lewis is, you know, uh, most theologians, most religious teachers will say, We don't need to be taught new things as much as we need to be reminded of the things we already know. Our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, he's a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, today talking about how we can be in the world, but not of the world, how we don't let those things in the world absorb us, take our attention, and how we become that witness for Christ, that example, living out your vocation. How have you done that in your own life? Our studio line, 888 914 And Ray is listening in Reno, Nevada. Hi, Ray. Thanks for calling into the inner life today.
3: Well, thank you for taking my call. Uh You know, this is such a great topic, and it's something that I recently started thinking about, you know, of um, living in the world, but not of the world, and I had an occasion to ask some people around me that knew me at my youth, and more recently about how I was as a child, or uh, because we have a, I have a niece that has some, Issues. And I said, Gosh, was I like that or am I like that? And everyone said, Ray, they, even my mother, they would just pause and they'd say, No, you are just different. And even now, uh, because I tend to put uh, other people's needs, if they're, if they're in need, ahead of what other people think I should be doing. Um, people still say, you know, I just don't know how you can do that. So it, it, it just rung a bell when you started talking about that, and it was uh, interesting.
2: Yeah, that's a, a good insight. Uh, sometimes our epiphany comes because of other people. We see something that all of a sudden we're confronted with. Am I like that? And that's a, that's a good question. I mean, that's a part of a good examination of our conscience and also of, of how... God, have you created me? And I think that's why we we do well. That's why the Lord, you know, when He came, He founds a church. I mean, He wants a community of believers that we can, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. So we we see our the blessings that God has bestowed upon His people, and also the struggles, the the flaws that, and more than anything, will help us to to be humble and to bring us to the Lord. Most of us, a lot of our spiritual practices beca- are because of our struggles that that was our response we started to pray the rosary we started to visit the adoration chapel we started to to you know serve the poor we'd go to the soup kitchen and we we did this because lord i i, I want to be a good person and i i know now that i am um, you know day late and a dollar short but so in seeing others around us we're confronted all day every day with um with the glory of god the image and likeness hopefully we can see in others but also that it's been damaged not destroyed but uh, wounded by sin and so forth and Maybe we do well to, you know, not just look at our own present generation, but those who went before us and, of course, the lives of the saints. And uh, and for many of us, we love the saints who struggled, who had conversions. And, uh, you know, like Oscar Wilde said, you know, we're all laying in the gutter, but some of us are looking toward the stars. So, I mean, that's the difference of, uh, you know, what direction we're heading. So that's a a good testimony, Ray, and I'm glad that, um, you know, in your own life that you felt, you know, not this accusation, because that's not the way God works, but an invitation that to to look at our life and to step back from it and and to see, because Jesus said, "You love your neighbor as yourself." That's not so easy, and to you know that to, to love ourselves, sometimes we do it out of insecurity and in the wrong way. That uh, you know that we uh, ambition and pride and so forth. But uh, true love of the life that God has given us is a way of worshiping, of praising God, of thanking Him that. Every life is, um, every person is fearfully, wonderfully, beautifully made uh, according to God's plan, His image and likeness. So we do well to recognize and respect that. So beautiful testimony. I mean, it does uh, give us a pause to look at the people in our life and to say, Am I like that? For better or worse, right? And, uh, and the inspiration that, that comes from that is, uh, uh, like he just had his feast the other day, St. John Henry Newman, who said, To live is to change. To be perfect is to have changed often. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's good news and uh, a challenge all in one fell swoop. God mm-hmm. bless you, Ray. Thanks for calling.
0: Yeah, Ray, uh, happy to have you on the program here. And, uh, Father, you know, as I was thinking there, too, as Ray was talking, having that response from people around her, no, you know, we can tell there's something different about you. In being a witness for Christ, well we we have to be relatable to others at least on some level you know we as we're talking about being in the world but not of the world we can't be so far removed from the world that we can't accomplish the task that Christ has given us of evangelizing of going out and reaching the lost. And Paul writes about this. He talks about how he took on different roles. He became all things to all people to win at least some for Christ. So how do you think we can be relatable to others while still remaining virtuous? And I, I kind of mean, how do, you, how do you avoid coming off as being judgmental? because we don't want to necessarily participate in something that might be immoral or unethical, some sort of behavior that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be something that would uh, we'd be comfortable with, our conscience would tug at us. But at the same time, while we don't want to participate in that, we still remain inv- inviting, accepting people where they are at that particular stage where we're in- interacting with them, and we can still encourage them to take that step forward to know Jesus.
2: Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a great question. I mean, I just think that w- whatever we are in the world, it shouldn't be contrived or somehow it's, uh, you know, we, we have this image in our mind, we're just trying to be a Christian, and this is what Christians do. And it has to be from the heart, sincere, authentic, and it just is our, comes out of our relationship with the Lord. And that is um, all of our life. We're working on that. So it should be natural and normal. And uh, I think that the Lord went in a lot of situations that he would have felt if not compromised, they would have felt challenged, you know. I mean, the uh, the wedding at Cana, they've obviously, you know, at least, I mean, maybe things have changed. I don't go to wedding receptions very often, but um, if they weren't already having a lot of fun, he made more wine. So I just imagine, you know, that kind of a, a, an atmosphere can be a really, uh, sometimes raucous, and especially if you have a karaoke machine and Jewel walks in, which, I mean, I don't know, but anyway, uh, uh, how do you, you know, keep your own integrity in a uh, a place, a fallen world, the shadowlands, as C.S. Lewis called them. Uh, that is the the work of of our life, our spiritual labors. That um, you know that we can be natural, but we can be loving. And uh, the series called the Chosen that has uh, been so popular and well received. You can see that Jesus lives in a very fallen world, and the apostles and and Mary Magdalene and all. I mean, they're just like us. You know, with all the fear, and all the you know kind of prejudices and the, and the judgments and all these things that they have to strive to overcome, uh, they are learning to be what God made them to be. And it's, of course, Jesus' presence that is animating and awakening in their own hearts and souls who they could be, or they could just go with the flow and be what the world wants them to be. And, but many of them have tried that and have found it to be dissatisfying. So, and that's the same that is accessible to us today. I mean, Jesus is still here. You know, he said he would be here until the end of the age. And so time with him in prayer and the sacraments, especially in adoration and in the Mass, uh, those things um, allow us to be what God made us to be. And that is all we need to be. We don't have to, uh, you know, search the world over to, if I had all these things or if I... No, it's, uh, by God's grace, it's eminently possible to be what God designed us to be. And that's, we know that we fall short. And many of us in our sinfulness, we say, oh, Lord, that's not me. How do we know that? Because he put that little tiny voice, that conscience deep down, that little moral compass to help us to discover who we are and who we're not. And he wants us to discover that. He'll help us. And uh, as we are going through these things, uh, one way to draw people is is to be vulnerable, to admit, I don't always know, or I make a mistake, and, and we apologize. I mean, sometimes just it's so beautiful when someone says, I'm sorry. I, just the humanity of another person can awaken in their own soul. I thought that was really honest of that person, very humble of that person. Right. Uh, and that awakens, I want to be like that. So things that um, we can't fake it, uh, or we can, but it's not going to be very effective, and it, I don't think we'd feel too good about it. So, uh, but it's messy, and I guess that's all part of it. I mean, it's a fallen world, and the Lord is utterly unafraid and if we get closer to him we'll be a little less afraid and it'll go better
0: yeah yeah it's it's a good thing that god isn't afraid of messes (laughs) that he he waits on us he's patient with us and uh Uh, wants us to come and draw close to him. He wants to be the one to fix and clean up that mess in our lives. Our studio line, 888-914-9149. Father Sam Martin is our spiritual director here this hour on The Inner Life. And we're talking about how we can be in the world, but not of the world. And how have you seen that in your own life? Have you had that interaction with uh, people in your immediate community where they can see there is something different about you? Or maybe you find it really difficult to kind of stand up for your faith, to speak up uh, for what you believe when you're more of in, in that public setting? And that public setting, it might be only around one or two other people, but when they don't share your beliefs, they don't share your faith, is it something where they would still see that from you? Do you still stand out because of being a Catholic, because of being a Christian? And maybe it is difficult And you'd like some encouragement Father Sam Martin is here Available to talk to you This hour 888-914-9149 888-914-9149 And we'll continue taking your phone calls And talking with Father Martin Here on Relevant Radio And the Relevant Radio app In just a moment
1: If you are struggling Or searching for something more If you are in need Of some spiritual direction Our Catholic priests Are here to help Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: A big thank you to Nick Sentevich and Jim Shaper, our producers here for this hour of The Inner Life. They just make sure everything runs as smoothly as possible behind the scenes. And you're welcome to call into the program today as we're talking with Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director, and discussing how we can be in the world, but not of the world. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, as we continue talking, uh, Nick, one of our producers, he ended up bringing up uh, something that I hadn't read by Pope Francis, but uh, Pope Francis... Reflecting on the story of the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus tells in the Gospels, the Holy Father, he said uh, that the rich man, he wasn't so much a bad man, but rather he was sick. He had this illness of being afflicted with worldliness. And I really found that a fascinating take on this parable. I'd, I'd never kind of considered it from that viewpoint, But the fact of the matter is, that illness for the rich man, that sickness, it's still ultimately led to eternal damnation for him. And Jesus, he ends up giving other warnings about this. You know, we hear him say, when the rich young man comes and asks, how do I enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, follow, you know, all of the commandments. I've done all this, Jesus. I've done that since I was young. Well, you only lack one thing, sell all you own and give to the poor and you'll have riches in heaven. And he walks away sad because he had so many possessions here on earth. We also hear Jesus say, what profit is there for someone to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul or forfeit his life? And, you know, here in the U.S., Father, we live in one of the wealthiest nations in the world. And even if you live below the poverty line here in the U.S., you still have more than most other people around the globe. So how do we Guard against this illness that Pope Francis talks about. This affliction of worldliness.
2: Well, it's just good to be aware that it's a, it is a possibility, and it's an, for us an occupational hazard that you know. But they used to say that worldliness doesn't just come in in you know the form of people that have a lot of things, but the people who have nothing. They might just be worldly. They because of the covetousness of the heart. That if they had, a, they, that's what they always want. That's their. Uh, their panacea to their spiritual woes. So, uh, you know, like a f- priest said, hard for the rich man to get into heaven, but hard for the poor one, too, because of uh, the desperation sometimes and all those different things that, uh, that reign uh, sometimes supreme in our hearts. So uh, just to recognize the possibility. And uh, once again, it's sometimes we, it's the lives of the saints or it's someone that, that uh, awakens a deeper desire, that having all these things, uh, you know, it's just... We all think that if we won the lottery, we'd be happier, but no one has ever. I mean, all the studies show that no one, not a single exception, uh, would prove that to be true. So, uh, But we still have that sense, you know, that we are wounded. We uh, all have these uh, things that we hold in common, some more and some less, but even so, part of the human condition. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Pope John Paul was trying to do was to help the world to see, uh, especially human sexuality, through different eyes, Uh, and just to give us a a new look, so to speak. So that's the genesis of the theology of the body. And there's this movie back in the 90s uh, called Dave with Kevin Kline and Susan Sarandon, and uh, I've been using it as an anecdote as I teach a little bit of theology of the body. And uh, This guy, Kevin Kline, he's he's a spot-on double of the president. He looks just like him, and I think maybe, I haven't seen the movie in years, but that he maybe fills in once in a while when the president doesn't feel like it being at something, he can just take his place. Well, then the president has like a massive stroke and he's out and uh, incapacitated. So they get this guy to no one else knows except for the Secret Service. And not even the president's wife, the first lady, even she doesn't know that he's not really the president. He's just a body double, just a different guy. Until late in the movie, she does figure it out. And uh, this guy, uh, Kevin Klein, he's like, so how'd you know? that I wasn't really your husband. Because they're really estranged. They don't do anything together. They just you know, ba- barely coexist. And she said, well, there was that time in the limo, you know, when my skirt kind of fell off my knee. And you looked. And my husband stopped looking years ago. And that's what, you know, all of our life, God is trying to help us to, to see what's been right in front of us. You know, mm-hmm. that, to see who we really are. You know, that look in the mirror and see that you were made by a supreme being with a soul that he thought was worth his son's life to come into this world and die to save our souls. He thought, and he never, he never makes mistakes about that. He's he's not wrong to believe that because uh, we're unique and unrepeatable and made for him. And until we start to recognize and see that and, and accept that. And now the good news is that even the worldliness, even if a man is sick, there's still some part that God is jealous for. There's a part of our soul that... The devil cannot touch. And is that enough to save a man? Well, we'll find out. I mean, do, do people go to hell? The scriptures seem to reveal that some do. We hope that it's few, but each one of us, we should never feel like, well, uh, I'm in, I'm set, I'm, I've got it made. Uh, we're all searching for that. You hear people say, that, now he's set. But that's on the other side of death. That, uh, you know, I, mean, I guess I know what. We're looking for a life without fear, not have to live in the tension anymore. I just had enough. If I had enough respect, uh, appreciation, or affirmation from others, or things, or money, and it's never going to be enough. Never
0: enough, yeah. (laughs) That's exactly right. Uh, Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director, and we're taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149 as we talk about being in the world, but not of the world, and how do you live that out in your life? 888-914-9149. David's joining us from Bellflower, California. Thanks for calling in to the Inner Life today, David. Good morning. I um, began a practice of praying every morning for myself and for my fellow workers because
4: I'm a uh, surgical nurse for over 40 years. And I always ask God to please allow, allow the light of the Holy Spirit shine through my eyes for all to see, to protect me, to guide me, and to allow me to comfort my patients, to listen to them, and to also protect and guide uh, the hands of my coworkers so that you know we can fulfill the Lord's work. And that was what I would practice every day. And uh, all of a sudden it came to me that, uh, you know, decades before i retired that, you know, I was doing his work, that this was God's plan for me my entire life. And uh, no matter what it was uh, that brought me to do it, it was not my destiny, but what he called me to do. And uh, and in realizing that, that's what I would pray each day, and when I retired, I had many friends write letters, and many co-workers write me letters and just tell me, uh, "David, it was so wonderful working with you. It was also always comforting uh, to work with you. Uh, you were always a very spiritual person. I had no idea because um, I wouldn't evangelize, if, if you know what I mean. We didn't have time to have conversation, so it was just my act." And so that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. That's
2: uh, tremendous, and that's what we forget, I think, is that. It works. It's just that we can't see, you know, the the results or the fruits. We we don't know what other people are receiving and uh you know, this is what Saint Francis that was his great prayer, that Lord I'm not asking you to change the world or even change others. Change me. Make me an instrument of your peace. And that in a way was David's prayer for his co workers and for the people that he was serving, the patients and so forth. And uh it's so simple in a way, you know. I mean it, we get uh all caught up in you know, I've got to do this, and I've got to figure that out. And I, uh, and then we don't even start because it's just overwhelming. But just be a friend of Jesus. He wants that. He, He's the one who invites us to a friendship that we don't deserve, we could never merit, but it's his gift to us. And it works if we live it. Uh, but you don't see the, uh, of course, at the end when he retires, David hears these things that people probably been thinking all their life, but just didn't, you know, you, we don't want people to get maybe, uh, puffed up and, and too full of themselves, so we, and then I think we just don't know how to say you know, that I really appreciate you know, you've been a model, and, uh, and that Witness has inspired me and helped me. So we should never underestimate how God can work through us and how that affects others. We may not know in this lifetime, but it certainly will be revealed in the next.
0: Father, have you had anybody like that in your life, whether somebody you knew personally or a saint that's been an example for you that is really uh, just shown as somebody that I, I really want to emulate them and... Maybe they, they don't realize how big of an impact they've had on your life, but it's really helped you to say, yeah, I, it, they, they've encouraged me to keep my eyes on the goal, to you know, keep my sights toward heaven.
2: Yeah, when I was a kid, I mean, lives of the saints were always uh, inspiring, but maybe as you get older you start to see. I, I meet people like that, Josh, every day, you know, many times in a hospital bed or a nursing home or in a jail, and I see this tremendous uh, faith. And uh, a patience, a resignation with suffering. Uh, you know, trying to to grin and bear it. One old uh, timer said, "And uh, how do they do it? They are men and women of prayer." I know sometimes the darkness can overwhelm uh, one person in particular. But he said, "I don't want, I don't want to, you know, deny the Lord uh, His love." But I, I get so down and so discouraged. And uh, so I think that, you know, this is what the Lord said: that as as we grow closer to him, we start to see that it's all around us. I mean, St. Therese, when she, just before she died, she said, grace is everywhere. And after all the things that she'd been through, then she could see. And what a tremendous life that she lived. And her acceptance of of her spiritual poverty, and then to be sick with tuberculosis, and and all the things that she went through. But, um, so I think that, you know, uh, people like David and, and Ray and They're all around us. And then we start to, we get so discouraged. We watch too much uh, media, and it just makes us feel like, you know, there's just a lot of bad eggs, and there are too many, and, you know, one rotten apple spoils the bunch. And so it's just, we feel the circling the drain sort of, uh, you know, mentality. But uh, God's little saints are all over the world. And I think maybe if we taste and see His goodness, if we start to grow closer to Him, we'll start to see that he he does have many friends. Not perfect friends, not uh, saints just yet, but wanting to be, and by God's grace, trying to be. And that is um, all the Lord seems to ask of us.
0: Yeah, well, and that's going to make the biggest difference. That'll change the world right there. Uh, Father... We're down to about our last minute here. Uh, As we conclude the hour today, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing?
2: Almighty God bless you with the spirit of the children of God, who live in the world, not of the world. Already their hearts are set on a kingdom, where Christ is the King and God our Father will welcome us one day. May God bless, guide, and protect each of you, now and always through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit,
0: Amen. Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director for the hour, thank you so much for being here, Father, and thank you for being a listener to the hour. In fact, if you missed an earlier portion, as I always say, if, <laughs> if you hear me say this at the end, you can probably quote it with me. The podcast, it's available at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. We'll have it posted here in just a little bit for you. Mass is coming up next, and on Monday, we're going to talk about if you have difficulty in your marriage— It's going to be a Monday, Marriage Monday program with Father Dave Heaney joining us once again. I hope you can join us and, of course, want to encourage you to sign up for that Nativity Set giveaway. Today's the last day. RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. You'll see the banner there. Just click on it and you can be one of 200 people to win an outdoor Nativity Set. And, of course, stay tuned. Mass is coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. But what if you
1: were to say, I want to identify, and I want you to accept me as Mexican, or black, or Chinese, or what have you? That's cultural appropriation. If that's wrong, then why isn't changing your sex wrong? That's the world we live in now. We live in clown worlds that is run by children. That's where we are. That's why we need Relevant Radio, if you ask me, to push back against this insanity. The Patrick Madrid Show. I
3: knew my kind wasn't welcome here. 8 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio.